This is the High School Football America podcast for August the 23rd, 2019. I'm Jeff Fisher. Welcome to the 2019 high school football season. It starts tonight. It is Friday Night Football. Heading to my old stomping grounds, Southern California, Mission Viejo. Boy, spent a lot of good football games there. We're going to talk with uh, head coach Chad Johnson entering his second season with the Diablos. He was uh, the man, along with Jason Negro, who uh, built uh, St. John Bosco into that power, and uh, he's done a great job with some quarterbacks through the years. And Chad's on the line to talk about the, the Mission Viejo Diablos, number 71 in the preseason, High School Football America 100, number uh, 87 last year in the final one. Only two losses on the field against an extremely tough schedule in one of the toughest areas in the nation. Welcome to the show, Coach. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, let's dive into things. I know you've got a, your, your first trip is to Hawaii, so let's kind of talk about camp a little bit and some of the boxes you're looking to check off. I know you got some returners there that look good on defense, uh, lost some skill on the offensive side, but give us the snapshot right now. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. Uh, our defensive line, I think, can be one of the best defensive lines in, in California. We got three guys already with, uh, you know, really good offers. You know, Lance Kennelly heading that D line. Um, he's, he's a national recruit. He's got you know offers at Vanderbilt, and Utah, and, uh, gosh, all, all over the Pac-12. Um, some SEC offers. He's a stud. Northwestern, a Big Ten offer, um, and uh, I mean, he's an absolute stud. And then uh, on the opposite side. At the end is as Lance Schwenke. I'm sorry, is uh, Logan Schwenke. <clears throat> Logan uh, Schwenke has offers to all of the uh, Mountain West schools and, and also as well as uh, uh, the Armed Forces. I think Army's probably the lead right now for him. And then you have inside, you have Count Tanawasa, who has been offered by a bunch of Pac-12 schools. Um, he's a he's a Mormon kid, so I can kind of see him ending up at Utah or BYU or something like that. Uh, and then you have a kid who um, is young, who started as a sophomore last year, Mike Carrion, who I think end up could be, you know, could end up being better than all of them. Um, he's a stud. Uh, he's actually Mike is actually going to play offense for us as well. He's going to also play uh, left tackle for us. So he's a he's a stud two way player. And and then our backers are are super solid too. And David Meyer and Easton Mascarenas. Um, we're really excited about our 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 front and and our front seven. Um, but you're right, you know, secondary wise, we did lose, um, you know, three out of four. Um, and two of those guys are at Pac 12 schools, and, and we got to replace JoJo and we got to replace um, Akilian, and that's, and that's tough. Uh, even Devin was a stud, too. So that, that's definitely where, where we're, we're young at. Um, I think we have two really good safeties that stepped up. They're going to be seniors. Uh, and John and James McDonald, John Burns and James McDonald, I think they've done a great job. Um, we have one returning corner. There was a sophomore last year in Ryder Fitch. That of course spots a, a, a open competition. That's a battle. Um, and and I will tell you this though, Jeff. In, in our in our uh, our Saturday, uh, July thirteenth battle uh, battle of the of, of South County passing tournament, we were going up against you know top competition, and, and I was really pleased with the way our secondary played. So you know, hopefully our defensive line gets the passer. Uh, those guys don't probably have to cover very long, which I think really helps a young secondary when they're only covering for, you know, 2.5, three seconds and not covering for, you know, cause you have no pass rush. So you're covering forever. I think, I think that's really going to help those guys. 
Talking with Chad Johnson at Mission Viejo, uh, coach entering your second year. As I said at the top, you know you and Jason Negro uh, working hand in hand there at Bosco. Now you you go into your second year. Uh, you know the HC role is much different from what you were used to in many many ways. Uh, uh, have, have you given yourself your your breakdown? What where you were good last year and where you want to improve this year? Can you, did you give yourself a grade and a report card on that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the first thing that takes a hit um, when you know you move from offensive coordinator to head coach is, is the offense. Um, you know, and I felt like last year, uh, with all the other things I was doing as a head coach, you know, you just don't quite have the, it really wasn't the time. It was just more of like the energy to be creative and, mm-hmm. and every single week, you know, spend time and really try to come up with, you know, just, just be more creative and stuff like that. That's kind of what I'm looking at this year is trying to be more creative offensively. Um, you know, last year I, I, I was pretty talented offensively, uh, with, with those guys going both ways with Achille Jojo and Devin. And then I had my quarterback, Joey Yellen, who actually had played for me at Bosco as a freshman and sophomore before he transferred to mission. So he was really comfortable with the offense and, and, and all of that. And I felt like, uh, you know, we, we were, we were good offensively, but I felt like we could have been more creative. Um, you know, we were. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I felt like it more creative. I think that's, that's kind of the biggest hit that I took as a head coach. I'm trying to get back to, mm-hmm. to that and be more creative offensively. Um, you know, I have a quarterback this year that can run in Peter Castelli. He's a, you know, a kid that runs a 10, 8, 100 as a, as a sophomore in track. Wow. So, you know, we can, yeah, we can be more creative offensively with, with, with his athleticism. Um, you know, we're, we're younger because I did lose, you know, my three top receivers last year. And so we're, we, we need to be more creative to move the football. I think, um, the one area that I felt like last year's offense was lacking too was the ability to run the football. We just weren't good at, at our, our, our run blocking schemes weren't great. You know, we just we weren't, we weren't real physical last year. So that was kind of the biggest thing that I, I took on as myself. Like, you know, we need to get, you know, a better weight program going this year. And it kind of just takes a while. That was the one, that was the one thing that was kind of a shock to me when I got to mission was how poor the weight program had been, mm-hmm. uh, how weak the whole team, the, how weak the, the overall team strength was. So uh, we addressed that and, and it kind of takes a while. So, you know, strength, you know, you can't let you cheat it. You can't, it just takes a while. You can't go from benching 200 to three, 300 overnight. So, <laughs> and, and so you got, it just takes a while. So, um, I'll tell you what, I was really excited that my, uh, my linemen, you know, D line and no line this year in our, in our own passing tournament. And now you're talking Bosco was there with their linemen. Modern day was there with their linemen. Orange Luton was there with their linemen. All of these teams brought their linemen and, and our linemen finished first in the lineman comp winning the power clean event coming uh, third in the bench, actually beat Bosco for the championship in the tug award. Um, so I was, I was really excited about, uh, the strength that, that my linemen showed, and I think will make a, a vast improvement in the run game as a result of it. Yeah, I liked uh, seeing what you did there with the linemen. It uh, made me feel good about our preseason number one bullseye we put on you there. <laughs> Coach Chad Johnson on the yeah. line, Mission Viejo. Uh, you, you mentioned Costelli. I, I want to make sure I got that 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 time right because he's listed as 6'3", 220. What did he run? <laughs> yeah, he, he ran a 10-8. What, what's funny is he's, he's never run track before. So so Peter was a kid that was coming to St. John Bosco youth camps. Well, he comes to Bosco, and then I ended up leaving, and, and, and he was kind of like, okay, great. The guy I came to come to Bosco for just left, and then he's behind DJ. So he ends up transferring to Santa Margarita. Um, loved Fisher, um, and unfortunately, you know, they, they parted ways there with him. And so they ended up calling me up and said, you know, Coach, can we come back with you? I said, absolutely. I'd love you to come over to Mission. So, you know, they, they came over um, – 
to mission and, and, uh, and, and now he's here. Um, and, uh, and, and so he asked me, he goes, coach, can I, can I go out for track? And I'm like, Peter, absolutely. You're fast. Go ahead. So he goes out there and track. He doesn't have track shoes. Cause he's got big feet. I mean, he's got size, like 15 shoes. And he goes out there and they try to go down to sporting goods, to buy a pair of track shoes for him for his first meet. <laughs> and, and they don't have, them. they got a special order of track shoes. So he gets out there in literally just basketball shorts, not like a track suit, basketball shorts and tennis shoes. Like just, you know, you're one of the mill kind of shoes. And, and in his first track meet, you're into 11 two. Wow. <laughs> he runs in 11 two. And then, uh, and then, and then the, the never, and then of course, all the track coaches are like, holy cow, can we please get some track shoes? Where, where you know, where, where the track suit. So he goes over a few meets and ends up running a 10, eight, um, a 10, eight. And that's, and then by that time, the season was kind of over and, and, um, cause he ended up joining the track season, you know, late, you know, he wasn't uh, yeah. a track guy in, in, in January, if you will. So, um, but I mean, that was his sophomore year of track. So you're talking a kid who's probably going to run next year. He's probably going to be more serious about it now that you know he's really good and he'll train for it from, you know, January on. You're talking about a kid who's probably going to run, you know, 10, five, 10, six next year as a junior. And then as a senior, he's probably going to have a chance to win the state championship at a, at a 10 three. That's amazing. I mean, a little RPO yeah. added in there. You get a little bit more creative. Uh, talking with Chad oh, yeah. Johnson, uh, head coach at Mission Viejo, and and because you know you you kind of be. You, became known as the quarterback whisperer there at Bosco, uh, starting with Josh Rosen and all that. So when you get a young kid like this, obviously some skills, you know, what are some of the things that you start talking to a young man about when it comes to being a quarterback for a, a, a guy that knows how to produce some quarterbacks that can go to the next level? You know, the number, the number one thing you want to do with a young quarterback is to make sure his fundamentals and throwing the football are sound. Um, that's, that's the first thing because, you know, it's, it's just like anything else. If, if you don't have the fundamentals of a, of the right swing in baseball, you could spend a million hours of doing it and your swing's going to have flaws. Um, same with pitching, same with throwing a, uh, a football. I mean, there's shooting a basketball, you know, you sit there and go and you know, you can spend a million hours, but if you shoot the thing wrong, I think spinning sideways out of your hands, it's not going to go in very much. So, you know, that's the number one thing is you want to develop, you know, really, really solid and good fundamentals. Every quarterback's different. Every quarterback throws the ball a little bit different, but having said that there is four or five things, you know, you need to do fundamentally correct to be accurate and throw the football, you know, well, um, and, and that's the first thing we start with and make sure our fundamentals are sound from, from the ground up, you know, starting with your feet and moving to your hips and, and how you rotate and, and, and obviously the ball position before you throw some angles you want to hit through your throw, um, trying to stay as compact as possible. And obviously you're finishing. Um, and so, you know, that's the first thing you do. The second thing I think you got to do is, is you got to develop them mentally. Um, and, when I say mentally, I'm not teaching them so much offense. I teach them defense. I spend a lot of my time on the board teaching them coverage, teaching them defense. What are they trying to do? What's, what's an outside backer reading in this coverage? When he's pattern reading, and I say, hey, he's reading two to one, what does that mean? You know, how, how, if number two goes in, what's his job as an outside backer in this coverage? Um, and then I think uh, obviously the, the coverages in high school football are nowhere near as complex as they are at college and then obviously in the NFL. But in high school football, you know, to start these kids off, 
you can really teach them the fundamentals of defensive coverages so that they can identify movement keys. They can, you know, you know eliminate wrong answers before the snap of the ball and really try to focus in maybe on one or two movement keys and, 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 and you know, one or two or three receivers that are involved in a pattern. So I, and I think that's probably the thing that we do the best job of is, is making sure our quarterbacks are super fundamental, have a solid motion that's compact, and they can replicate it over and over with accuracy. Um, and then, and then teach them, um, you know, the, the mental game from a defensive perspective, especially, and then we get to the point where we're like, Hey, listen, here's the coverage. What route concepts give, give this coverage problems. And then, and then that's what I want our quarterbacks to, okay, coach, it's cover four. All right. Well, middle field flag is a problem. We'll take number two and run at the safety and run a dig. He'll jump it. We go post over the top, like just, you know, coverages that, Route co- uh, concepts that hurt coverages. So they get into a game now. They see a coverage like, okay, I know exactly what hurts this. And if it's not called, I can check into it. Um, and uh, and and that's why I think you know we'll probably probably do our best job, um, you know, with with the mental game. And and, and Peter's right there. I mean, he's a super smart kid. In fact, their day, I told him when I got home, it was I was late, ten about ten o'clock. I got home and I was watching film. And and I literally just his mannerisms, the way he moved, the throws he was making. I was, I told Michael, dude, I thought I was watching Josh Rosen. Wow, he, he's he just yeah, it's 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 he's he's pretty impressive. I'm really excited about him. That's a good good uh, guy to compare him to. Chad Johnson on the line, preseason number one, the Diablos from Mission Viejo in Southern California. Uh, you, we mentioned that you you lost a lot of skill. Um, who are some of the kids that are going to be competing to take the pay, uh, place of some pretty good players? Yeah, we're we're very fortunate that uh, we did get some uh, kids that uh, that transferred in. Uh, one of them is Chase Neenat from Santa Margarita, um, really good outside receiver. Obviously, I think he came with Peter, right? So um, he's a really good outside receiver. He'll be a, one of our main targets. Uh, we have a really good slot receiver who's also a, a track speedster named Maven Anderson. He's got offers to Oregon, Minnesota, a bunch of schools. Um, you know, those two are probably be our our go to guys. Uh, we have a really solid H back um, who's, you know, he's he's not going to go any big time college because of his height. Um, I think if he was six four, he would be uh, one of our a big time recruit. I don't know national, but a big time recruit. He's probably, you know, six feet tall at best, um, and he's uh, about you know two hundred fifteen pounds. But he's a super athletic, solid H back. We move him all over the place, and then on the other side, outside receiver, we have a couple of young guys that are battling. Um, they have some serious speed. I, I did some really good things at, at our passing tournament, and I'm excited about them. I think they can definitely blow the top off and and uh, and get behind defenses. Um, so I, I'm I'm actually uh, uh, pleasantly surprised about our our receivers. Uh, the, the nice thing too, Jeff, is that they're only going one way. And so you know, last year, Tilly, JoJo, and Devin, three of my top three receivers had all turned around and play safety and corner. So you know, we we were great in the first half. You know, but in the second <laughs> half it was like, oh gosh, hold on. You know, and it was tough, right? Because the second half, you know, if you're up, you're trying to you're trying to run the football to win the game. You know, and and we weren't good at it, so we had to keep on throwing. Well, all those guys are tired and they're gas, so they can't run routes hard. It was it was it was tough. Yeah. Um, where these guys this year are going one way, you know, um, in practice every single day we're able to go a lot more best on best because we have only really Mike and Carry on going one way. Last year, I mean, everyone went both, both ways. So it was like, okay, whoever, whoever had the, our starters in the, in the best on best, it was just a you know a landslide victory for that side of the ball. So this year, it's a lot more best on best, a lot more competition. I believe iron sharpens iron. So I think we'll be kind of 
surprising the teams. They're going to be better than people think we are. Yeah, I think one of the biggest changes, and I'm an old guy, as you know, 58 years old, is, you know, it used to be a badge of honor to have those great athletes going two ways. That's not the case in high school football in 2019. Chad Johnson on the line. Uh, last thing we didn't touch, and, you know, one of the things that kind of when I moved to California, and I spent six years in Southern California, was, you know, I knew you guys had the athletes. It was the physicality that um, that just amazed me. F- physicality and speed. Uh, so what's your, what's right. the, the guys up front that make it all tick and, and make sure everybody's able to move the football? Yeah, I mean, I, I have four guys on the offensive line uh, that played a considerable amount last year back. Um, starting with our center, all league center, Tony Villarreal, um, who is probably going to end up at an Ivy League school, super academic kid, probably Cornell, as I think where he's leaning to right now. Um, you know, super academic kid, also a long snapper. Um, and he's, he's our captain of the offensive line, you know, going through every single call, the quarterback, if you will, of the offensive line. Then we have a really physical set of guards and Alan Flores, who's a, a master's level wrestler, which is a heavyweight wrestler and masters last year. Um, which is the, 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 the step below uh, the state before uh, in California. Mm-hmm. It's above CIF. So he was you know, made CIF, qualified for Masters out of CIF, the championship, and then he lost there to go to state. Um, so he's kind of like one of those you know really tough wrestler kids. Um, JT Hand, who I think will be eventually a Pac-12 guy. He's got to hit one, you know, a little bit more of a growth spurt. That's all the colleges say. And I think he'll probably hit up at Arizona. And then Tommy Marabella at right tackle has got offers from Idaho and Idaho State, and kind of those that area. Um, and then the left tackle is, is the is going to probably be Micah Carrion, who is the uh, is the defensive lineman who I told you I'm really high on. So those guys are are very physical, experienced, returning, um, big, strong guys, and I think that's why I'm, I think our run game is going to be um, so much more improved. Um, it's because you know they are big, they are strong, they are physical guys. Um, where last year I thought, you know, we were pretty good in pass pro, you know, and, and, and things like that, but we just weren't. And we had to put, you know, our hand in the dirt and, and you know, run power inside zone. I just felt like we, we couldn't get the push we were looking for. So I'm really excited about those guys um, in, in in the run game. And we got we to develop our pass game better. You know, that's, that's something that I will tell you that so far, um, you know, our defensive line has won a lot of those of those, you know, pet team pass battles, if you will, you know, and, and blocking Lance and, and Keanu and, and Schwenke. And then we, we, you know, carry on that side of the ball. So we have our, our second tackle in it's, it's been, it's been difficult because those guys are just so talented on uh, the defense side of the ball, which is good though. Cause you know, I told those guys, Hey, listen, you're going to go into a football game and you're probably never going to block somebody as good as Lance <laughs> the whole year. You know, the, yep. the game's going to be easy. You know, um, and I told her all line, if we, if we can block these guys, there's not going to be a defensive line out there. I'm, I'm talking Bosco included. That's going to be better than our four guys. So that, that's that's saying something there. No doubt about it. Chad Johnson going to wrap up here with a couple of questions. Let's go to your schedule. Uh, before I left last year, I remember you were scratching your head. It's it's not easy to be at a good program and try to put together a schedule. You knew that at, at Bosco, but it looks like you've got a good one. Last year, you bet you beat two Trinity League foes. You beat uh, Santa Margarita and uh, Orange Lutheran. Uh, this year, you got uh, Santa Margarita back there. I know you, you start in Hawaii. You've got a very good La Habra team. St. Mary's from Stockton, Upland. Uh, tell me a little bit about the schedule that's even before you get into the south coast league yeah you know i mean the biggest the biggest thing is is, is we, we definitely want to stay prominent you know our our goal is to develop um our program you know to try to catch bosco modern day i mean right now bosco modern day and then you have Servine and jay sarah nipping at their heels i think 
um, are are just are just the cream of the crop. Um, I think you know last year, and you saw it in the scores. I mean, you know, I mean the the two public schools that are the best around are us and Centennial, and Modern Day piked both of us, you know, by running clocks both both games. And and we've got to try to close that gap. And then you know, and then Bosco beat Modern Day in League Handily, and then Modern Day barely beat Bosco in the final. So those two teams in in California and probably the Western United States are heads and tails above everyone else. I mean, you know, Modern Day piped Bishop Lerman. So it's it's one of those things where those two teams are just heads and tails above everybody out here, probably west of the Mississippi. I'm guessing. And and they're just really really good. Um, and it's my job to. And my, I was at Bosco, so I know how good they are. I know I know you know that's how good of a job Jason does, and and uh, and Terry Bullock getting those kids in, and, and how good of a job they do. So I just need to you know do everything that I can to try to catch them. Um, and uh, and and that's that's our goal is is to try to be that team that's going to catch them. And, and I've got some stiff competition. And, Jay Sarah's trying to catch him. Servite's trying to catch him. Troy Thomas is back at Servite. He's a really good coach. Um, Matt Logan, I'm sure, did not appreciate that score in the semifinals of Day. So, you know, he's <laughs> he's get, he's gearing up. And so it's like, you know, and at some point in time, yeah, there's a lot of kids out here, but some, at some point in time, there's just so much talent. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. We're an uphill battle, um, and uh, we're going we're gonna to keep on grinding and trying. You know, we uh, um, one of the things that was hurting Mission Video when I got there is, is they had lost their, their feeder program, a team by a uh, program by called mission Bio Cowboys had been there for over 30 years. I, I mean, I grew up in the area and I remember the mission Bio Cowboys. They were a, a prominent youth program. Um, and they were, they closed their doors two years before I got there. Um, there's no, no more Michigan Cowboys, no more Michigan Cowboys playing at the junior high, no more Michigan Cowboys playing at, at mission Bio. So we had to fix that. And we fixed that, um, you know, by bringing back the Cowboys, which we rebranded it. Kind of something different, but, but we rebranded it and brought back our youth program. So we're, we're excited about that. Um, but it's tough, man. I mean, those guys do a really good job, and and it's not like they're bad coaches where you can try to, you know, what I mean, out coach them. They're they're really good coaches too, and they know what they're doing, and they run a great program, great strength program. Just they, they do a great job. It's not it's not easy. It's not easy to catch you know yeah. Nick Saban and you know and Kirby Smart. <laughs> that's, that's tough. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you so, know, um, and 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 you never shied away from. I mean, you know what it takes. Uh, you, you knew what it takes to build Bosco and all that. But uh, uh, and I love Bob Johnson, your your predecessor there. But Bob always, you know, he hated the public private thing. You're basically saying, no, no, no. We're, we're, even as a public, we're, we we want to be them, right? I mean, you you don't shy away from that fact, absolutely. right? No, absolutely not. You know, and that was why we scheduled two training teams off the bat, and then we added up beaten Villa Park who beat Servite the game after us. We played Villa Park now week three and then they played Servite week four. We beat Villa Park by fourteen and then Villa Park beat Servite by fourteen. So we felt like you know what, if we were in a training league right last year, we felt like we'd be uh in a third place battle with Jay Sarah. You know, if Jay Sarah and us played, we would be a great game. You know, I don't know who would win. Um but you know obviously Boxwell and Modern Day are, are one and two and and, and um, so I felt like, you know, we, we are a training league team, you know, where we're, we are right there, you know, we, we can compete. Um, we just got to try to elevate our game. And that's why I, I wanted to come out and play an aggressive schedule. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go out there and pad my schedule with, um, you know, four or five cupcakes. You know, I, I want to play the best of the best. We still have Santa Margarita. Um, Orange Lutheran uh, did not want to, uh, 
to re-up with us. So, so we got St. Mary's, uh, who was a very, very good team from Stockton, California. We, we played them when I was at Bosco. Um, and then, and then Upland is, is as star loaded as anyone with, with, mm-hmm. with Justin Flo and, and all of those guys. Um, La Habra, as you mentioned, you know, might be the sneaky best team on our schedule with all the guys that they have back with Clark Phillips, his brother, the tight end, the other receiver they have. I mean, they're, they're, they're also Zanelli's back at quarterback. They're loaded. Um, and then, you know, Villa Park, they, they have Zion Alfonso and a couple other really good players. That should be a good game. They're very, very physical. Front. They do a great job of, of developing linemen and, and, and then playing off it with a really powerful run game and kind of old school, you know, like his dad, you know, um, Antich, you know, uh, St. Paul run game, physical power, ISO, all that stuff. Um, so, you know, we, we have our work out for us, you know, definitely Hawaii. Uh, I will tell you, uh, planning for Hawaii is, is definitely <laughs> a, a time consuming endeavor. Um, but it, you know, it's fun. It's worth it. You know, we our kids are excited about it. I, I remember this cause we traveled a lot at Bosco, as you know, as you know, excuse me. And I, what I always saw at Bosco is, is especially when you traveled like game one, like your first game was a travel game. It really galvanized your team. The kids really came together. Um, cause we always listen to Bosco. We always spent like a week, you know, or we didn't yep. fly on a Tuesday and play on Fridays. Like, we used to didn't fly on Thursday and play on Friday. So we wanted some time where we spent time at the hotel and our kids had downtime where they could, you know, come together and bond. And, and we did some bonding team activities together to kind of encourage it. And I always felt coming out of those games, like, gosh, this really kind of sits on for the season. These kids are really tight. They're close, close knit now. And, and I'm looking forward to that part of my of my game in Hawaii, watching my team come together and, and then coming home from Hawaii ready to finish out the rest of the tough preseason instead of reading the rest of them. It's kind of like a tight, you know, one you know, one group, you know, one one heartbeat, if you will, uh, a team moving through the season. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, and, and like you said, you come back from Hawaii and you go right into Santa Margarita. Chad Johnson online. One last question for you, and this kind of sums it up uh, from what we were talking about earlier about you wanting to compete, wanting to be the best against the best. Uh, your good friend Jason Negro, uh, who, you, who again, you were you guys built uh, Bosco there. Uh, he, he didn't dodge yeah. the question, which was uh, CIF Southern Section has changed things up with an open division, uh, how they're going to do that, and then Division One and Two. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You guys compete at the highest level always year in and year out, one of the best in the country jason said he had to watch what he said but he said at the end of the day he wasn't real happy with um with the the new format there uh and any i know you've got an opinion or two what's your opinion on the the change in the in the playoff system well i i'm kind of on their side of the coin with that um you know and and he he has his reasons and jason's a really smart guy so his reasons are probably you know well rooted but my my thing was I, I I don't know if you remember jeff i coached basketball boston as well and we were mm-hmm. from Derek taylor and we were really good Want a state title? Want a CF title? When I was there, and and the reason I bring that up is because in California they started this whole open thing with basketball first, right? And and at the end of the season in basketball, uh, regardless of how many kids you had at your school, how many you know what league you're from, it didn't matter. They took the top 16 teams at the end of the year, and they put them in the open division. Um, and, and, in, I, and I agreed with it because, because in before what they would do is they would take a snapshot of how you did the last couple of years, the last two years, last four years. And I'm like, well, that's silly because if you have, you know, Carson Palmer at your school, which was at Santa Margarita, and then he was really good. And then he graduates and another Carson Palmer has not walked through the door. <laughs> you're not going to be as good, yeah. you know? 
And so it's like, well, it's like, okay, well, let's, let's take Santa Maria who had Carson Palmer and now he's graduated and there's no quarterback to replace him. It's just an average, you know, good little quarterback. Let's throw him in division one because Carson Palmer, well, that doesn't make any sense to me. You know, it's like that doesn't, so if, if you're, it should be that year, you know, so if you do have a DJ, <laughs> you know, and, and, and he's a senior, right? So you have DJ. Okay. Well this year, you know, Bosco should be in the open. If if DJ graduates, this is hypothetical. I know Boston's gonna be great next year. They're all right. good. But let's say let's say DJ graduated and they didn't have a good quarterback back next year and they weren't as good. Well, then why would you throw them in the open against other DJs? You know, what I mean, like mm-hmm. to me, it's kind of a good thing to wait till the end of the season and then and then take the top eight teams and put them in the open. Here here, here is where I thought it was really good what basketball did, and I think maybe this is what he's talking about. This is what football is missing in basketball. Cause it happened to us. We were one of the bottom five teams that made the open division in basketball one year. We had to go play Sierra Canyon game one. And it was like, Oh, that's going to be fun. You know? So, you know, we finished second league, the modern day and we go play Sierra Canyon game one and we get blown out mm-hmm. in basketball. When you lose your first round game in the open, you get to go back into your division and finish out the playoffs. Does that make sense? Yes. So, 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 like you would be like, okay, you know, let let let's say Mission Viejo uh, is is one of the last eight teams in, okay, and you got to play Modern Day Bosco right off the bat, game one. Well, that's tough because you could be in the division down and win the CF championship. Right. So you go play Bosco Modern Day. Let's say you don't win, and now your season's over, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, gosh, if I would have just lost that last game, that close game against Tesoro. I could be in division two. You know what I mean? Yeah, if I got I played it. My, if I played my seniors too long on senior night, <laughs> you, know, um, you know, I could I could be in division two and winning a CF championship and possibly a state title. Instead, I got to go, you know, into the open division and get my butt kicked by somebody, and then now the season's over. So I think I think the thing that they're missing and what I'd like to see is have them have an open division and then have a division one. Okay, Division One would be the next echelon of teams. Anyone that lost the first round game of the Open mm-hmm. would jump back into the playoffs like basketball and play the winners of the next division down, the first week winners. Does that make sense? It does. It's interesting. I, I, think, I think that's what they should take the basketball model and, and, and put that to football. Like, hey, listen, you know what? You know, if you are Boston Modern Day, you know you're, you're probably going to be playing each other. You know, if not... That you're going to make the semis for sure every single year, and you're probably going to play each other in the finals. That's the way things are going. Okay, so it's Boston Modern Day. You're in your okay, fine. But the next uh, team, like you know, that like like um, like uh, uh, Jay Sarah or Bishop Almar, someone like that, that's not that caliber. You know, they if they got you know beat in game one of the playoffs, they could jump back into the next you know division down, and I think it would be really competitive, and it'd still be fun. But um, but anyway, I think people would probably be less you know upset about it because I think what's happening is is people felt like the first round games, the first round games were were not competitive. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I agree and disagree. There are also a lot of first round games that people felt like they could compete in. Like I know Bishop Almont was a league champion from um, the Mission League, and it was a good game. Like I think we beat them twenty four to seven. It was a, it was a good game. It was competitive. Well, now if, if if you take that away, and now game one, you know, Mission or or a Bishop Mon is playing a modern day. Well, now it's you know now now game one of the playoffs isn't competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just and I just think if you look at the playoffs, I mean, 
there there wasn't a competitive game until Mission or until Bosco played Modern Day. I mean, you got to remember, Modern Day was beating Corona Centennial thirty-five nothing at halftime. Modern Day was up on us thirty-five seventeen. I mean, we only scored seventeen points, thirty-five nothing at halftime, and that was a semifinal. Mm-hmm. Bosco obliterated obliterated Oaks Christian on the other side of the bracket in the semifinal. So it's like if you're look if you want if you truly want to compete, then take Bosco Modern Day, have them play each other. Just one game, and then the winner goes to the state championship, and then put put the rest of us in a playoff. That that's really, if, if you're looking at it, it would be a it would be a two team playoff right now. That's a little you know, radical. I mean, honestly, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but if you look at the scores, that's what yeah. the scores say to do. I mean, there wasn't a game that was compared. If you look at those two teams, if you look at two teams that played in the CF championship game, Bosco, Bosco and Modern Day, and you look at their road to the championship, it was running clocks all the way up until they got to the finals and play each other. Yep. And, and I remember that. I was the same way when I was at Bosco. Exactly. You know, it was, it was, it was like, you know, it was like, okay, well, I'll just wait till the finals. You know, and, 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 that's, and that's really what's happened right now, and that's why, you know, myself and Servi and Jay Stare and a couple other schools are trying like heck to catch them and make it more competitive so, you know, they don't have running clocks all over the finals, I guess. You know, and that's, and that's what we're trying to do, and, and it's, it's a tall task because they're – Really good coaches run a really good program. They got really good players. Yeah, you know, you um, know so it from the inside out, and, and that's why they're number one and yeah. two in our, our algorithm rankings. I mean, those are two fun no programs. Doubt. Well, coach, uh, you know, continued success there. I know you had a great first year. I have no doubt that uh, you're going to be able to to climb that hill that you want to climb there. Appreciate your friendship and uh, good luck in 2019. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Don't forget to keep up with all the scores from around the nation tonight. That's right. Each and every score is available to you on HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com from our partners at ScoreStream. We have a top 100 scoreboard, and then we also have state-by-state scoreboards. Just go to Scores in our navigation tab, and you'll be up to date throughout the evening. That'll do it for today. I'm Jeff Fisher, and you've been listening to the High School Football America podcast.